welcome back to Soul Speak with Meg Michelson. I am so happy to have a guest today that you're all going to love. Uh, Crystal, I don't know how long I've known Crystal, but she is a remarkable, smart, funny, very empowered woman who runs multiple businesses. One of her businesses is where I met her. She is a fantastic physical therapist. And she also is part of a great team that does Expecting and Empowered. Find them also on social media, but they have a great podcast. So welcome, Crystal. So, so very glad you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be with you on your podcast. Let me start by saying too that Meg has completely like changed my life my relationship with my husband, my kids, my work, myself, most importantly. And I actually have friends now. I honestly met her when I was in a really tough spot. And I didn't even know I was in a tough spot was the funniest thing. A patient of mine that I like love so dearly was like, I think you need this person. I was like, I literally don't need anybody. I'm so busy. I'm like, don't even have time to pee. So I don't think I need her. And then through her workings and teachings, I really have done like a lot of work myself. So starting to integrate some of the stuff that she's taught me that you guys probably hear on this podcast. So if this is your first episode, make sure you go all the way back to the beginning. It's honestly the only podcast that I'm like excited to come out every every single week. And I listen to a lot of these suckers. Um, so it's honestly been life changing to do this work alongside you. Thank you so much. That was not expected. I paid Crystal to come on and say all those things, but she <laughs> <laughs> So thank you. Um, you're very generous and very kind. Um, and Crystal really is quite miraculous as a healer, you guys. Her healing is in a different modality than mine. So when you look at your history, Crystal, can you kind of go back and tell us a little bit about you and also, when did you start to understand that you are more than a physical body? Yes. So I'm a Midwest gal. I was born and raised in Wisconsin. I'm from like a large family of six. And my brother, Jesse, who's older than I was, was actually in a car accident when I was in middle school. So I watched him rehab from being in a wheelchair to walking again. And I was like, dude, Look at how cool that was. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a physical therapist. Wow. So I always thought that I was going to rehab spinal cord injuries. But fun fact now, I'm like all about rehabbing women's health and vaginas. So I, it's like a complete 180. But I own a clinic here in Oconomowoc called Empower Movement Physical Therapy. And so I've always really had this passion for movement and exercise, and I really honestly thought about it more as like physical. And I've always had this like really like want to be better winning type personality. So sports really was a nice way to like supplement that because then you just really get obsessed with being good at it. And um, so I've always had this passion for like the physical side of a body, if that makes sense. But honestly, I didn't really understand why I loved working out so much. And I do think a lot of it was the mental piece. And like, so really reflecting back, you know, we grew up in like a lower, like middle income family. So there was struggle growing up. And so I think one of my ways of escaping was to go outside, to do sports. 
And so I, I've learned way, way, way more about our energy and the mental health side of movement and like started to integrate those into my own practice now. And um, and we all are hearing so much more about the importance of physical health for multiple reasons, of course, but mental health is really dependent on shaking and moving our body in healthy ways. And, um, and so beautiful that you do that. And thank you for sharing that because that is so important. And when we're in a slump, one of the best ways we can get the slump out is to move, move a little faster, not just walk to the refrigerator and back to the couch, but that's better than just sitting on the couch, but move, like get on the treadmill, take a fast walk outside. And then also, of course, as we get older, we really want to make sure we are keeping that movement for so many reasons. Because you see, you don't just see women, you also see men, um, not, of course, with their vagina, because they probably don't have <laughs> one, but, but you do see men. And when you have been, well, let me ask you this, how long have you been a physical therapist? And when did you start to help your patients with that emotional connection piece or even understand that there's an emotional connection piece? Yeah. So I've been a therapist for 11 years and I honestly recently started doing the like emotional piece like more and more and more. It is honestly even like interweaved into my assessment and my treatment now. But I would say I've only started doing that like within the last year. I like knew about it and I would think about it when I was treating people, but I wasn't confident enough because I didn't know enough to like actually bring it up. Because I mean, sometimes like with patients, I have a personality that like I try to be more of an open book so i'm more vulnerable so people would say stuff because i would say stuff you know that like this is what i have going on oh my god me too like that kind of way but once i like started understanding like how our body works and energetics i'll bring stuff up um like to physical injuries so like for example I ran in high school, in college. In college, I started having like a lot of right hip pain. And I like strictly thought it's like, oh, it's from putting on all these miles. Dumb, like an athlete. That's what athletes have is just aches and pains in their body. And then so I've literally had that pain probably like 13-ish years. Didn't like thought that it was like a normal part of being an athlete. And it wasn't until I like really started working with Meg where I was like, wow, my right hip is like, so the right hip energetically is like work and Meg can probably tell you more than I can, but like work and the left hip is more leisure and our feminine energy. So creativity, but I've always put a lot of worth on being busy, like getting stuff done, just being a hard worker. So I would like hobble around with this dang right hip. My, like my butt cheek was so tight. Like every time I sat down, I was like numb and tingly in the legs. It felt like my butt cheek was like in a vice all the time. I was like, this thing, is, something is wrong with this. So we'd needle it in the clinic and we do all of our manual stuff. And I'm like, dang, we're good. It feels better for like a day. And then it would like slowly come back. 
So then when I started working with Meg, I'm like, oh, wow, this right hip pain is going away because I started going outside or like doing arts and crafts with my kids or slowing down. Um, and the crazy thing is that I honestly get more done than I used to, but it looks very different than how I used to do it. Um, but then I started picking up like, so then like people attract like people. So makes like, dude, you keep sending me all of these high achiever, crazy freaking personality people because, you know, like that's the problems you had. So you recognize it, you see it. Um, so my right hip literally has no pain. So between what Meg has taught me and then I've learned new things about how we hold our rib cage. And I've offloaded that to so the combo of those two, a pain I thought I literally would have to live with for the rest of my life is gone. It's nowhere to be found. Which that is, is, thank you. Because that's so important. Those hips, everybody, are the carriers of so much. That's part of our core. And masculine, feminine, absolutely in the hips. Work and play. Being and doing. Uh, money worries. Time worries. And so when we are do, 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 which I have been, um, that has been my post-divorce being um, until I stopped being that way, it really can affect one hip over the other because we also have to learn to receive and not just do, 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 but be vulnerable enough. So when you are going to see a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a doctor of any sort, anyone, or massage, always look at the emotional component because they can do their job better if you're doing your job better. And our job is to really understand we are givers and we're receivers. We are meant to do and we are meant to play. And play doesn't always mean I'm going to go hardcore at the um, volleyball. But yeah, that's fun, but that's also more masculine. The play is also just to be, just to allow, just to splash in puddles, just to create something just for the fun of it. We need that just as much. And that's beautiful how you recognize, Crystal, that you started living that way. Yeah. And then the pain goes away. And in my belief, that pain might come back. Because why? Because we fall off the wagon sometimes. And, and then that body pain is a reminder, oops, I'm doing too much. I, I want to go back to what I learned and what do I need to do a little different? Yes. And it's kind of cool because it really is like a party trick in the clinic. It's like you will see a lot of patterns in people. Like another thing too is I'll find a lot of problems in people's livers. So there's like tests that we can do to test out core function. And you'll see a lot of people like break at the liver so then I'll start to work on their shoulder blade and like and creating space around where that liver would be to get that to function correctly. But then then starting to just talk to them about like, okay, the liver is like an actual filter, like physically and metaphorically. Like, are there things that you have a harder time letting go of? Or are there things that um, maybe you're like a people pleaser and you just don't speak up about your needs. And then you can tell the people that will do the actual like emotional work because they'll come back and it will be the same liver problem again because I can fix it for you 
every time you come. But it's almost like too, like when you go to the chiropractor, right? If you like get an adjustment, but then the same stuff co- keeps coming back. Um, there's usually so much more to that. So if you're doing your work, and then I do think too, like the body work though helps get you further. It's almost like they play off each other. So if you do body work, it can help release some stuff. And then if you're doing your other work, it helps release. And it's like this continual pattern of like getting rid of things. That's right. Thank you. Because every time we feel stuck, either in the physical body or in our her life other than, well, of course, it's always part of the physical body. Whenever we feel stuck, something is stuck. It's not made up in your head. And when we decide I'm stuck, what can I do? Even if it's not pertaining to the situation that's right in front of you, if we start movement and healthy movement, now the body can start flowing too. And I really too didn't think because I always have exercised. So I thought like those messages were directed at people that didn't exercise. I'm like, that's like for somebody else. It's like not for me. But I didn't realize that I've like lost so much connection with my own body. So for example, the other day, I just like didn't feel like lifting, but that's kind of what I had scheduled. And from like your at like old athletic life, you would just continue with the rare, like regular program schedule. And instead that morning, all I did was like yoga and some stretches, which like my old brain would have, that would have not been okay to do because I was scheduled to lift that day. Um, So I feel like there's just like this deeper connection, like the more that you understand yourself or your body, you can like honor what you actually need to do as well. Beautiful. And while you're talking about that, because that's living in flow, when we are able to understand, well, I still am going to move today, but I'm going to hear my body. My body doesn't want it to push because sometimes we push ourselves. And that's that old patterning. Um, Oftentimes, whatever our old patterning is, it comes up the rest of our lives. But one of those old patterns is to prove ourselves because somewhere along the line, we didn't feel worthy. And we can be kind of mean to ourselves with sometimes how we say, I'm going to ignore this pain. I'm going to ignore that nudge. And, And then we might end up with a bigger injury just because we were in rigidity when we were doing it. And so when we are looking at, I'm going to really decide to start going into the flow When you look back at your journey, and this can be in your business life or your personal, whichever you choose or both, when did you start to recognize the difference between living in flow and living in the state of too fixed? I feel like once you actually realize like what flow is, like you don't even know the difference until you can actually get into flow. So I had to break a lot of old patternings to get into flow. So one of the things was trying to control others, right? So like, you know, if I had issues in my marriage or I had issues in a business partnership, it was like, I wanted them to be better. This isn't on me. I wanted them to do X, Y, and Z. This isn't like a me problem. 
But then Meg so rudely like told me one day, this is like as much a you problem than it is them. I was like, I'm not the one doing the yelling. I'm not the one like not looking at the numbers. Like, what are you talking about? This has nothing to do with me. (laughs) What are you talking about? And so once you can start like centering yourself or like grounding yourself or being so sure of yourself, it's very easy. Not, I shouldn't say very easy. It's easier to stay in flow um, because you can recognize there's a difference. I think so often people get in this dysfunction that they don't even know which way is up and which way is down, which way is flow, what's not flow. And so I think it's a journey to get back to being in flow because I think so often the external world will pull us out into somebody else's wants and needs. I come from a big family, so there's not like, you know, like everything doesn't revolve around me. So I've grown up to be a people pleaser and I actually quite like being a people pleaser. I really enjoy being in service of others. I like when other people like me. I like to do things for others, but then there's a point where it becomes at your detriment and that can pull you easily out of flow because you're trying to keep other people happy where you're trying to do everything for your kids. Because I had like, when I met Meg, I had three kids, three and under. So it was obviously very chaotic. But then like you lose your sense of self very easily. So when I can stay in flow, it's when I'm going back to basics, like breathing. Um, The first time I went to therapy, they were like, you need to breathe. And I was like, the hell I do. I literally like tell people to breathe in the clinic all the time. What are you talking about? And I was like, can I have my money back for you telling me to breathe? Like, this is what we're going today. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. But it really is like such basic stuff when you think about it. So for me, things that bring me back into flow are breathing instead of like being reactionary with like my voice, I mean, who doesn't love a good passive aggressive person? So (laughs) I'm slowly a reformed passive aggressive person, but I like things done and I I want them done in a certain way. And it's just like, duh, didn't you think to do that? Um, But like, instead of having those like sharp reactions, you like breathe and it gets so easy once you start to do it. But at first, it really is a freaking learned pattern and you're like, I don't got time to breathe. But if you think that, you really need to be breathing. So breath work is really one thing, just slowing down. So like thinking about things. I mean, this mouth has got me in a lot of trouble in my life. So like thinking about things before I actually like say them. And then doing things that help me just slow down, calm down, get into flow. I love being outside. So I will take, because I do my own app a lot, which is that pregnancy and postpartum app. So I'll take my workout outside and I'll be outside. I've recently started doing a lot more walks. And when I'm on the walks, usually I would always have a podcast in my ear, but actually taking it out and like listening to the leaves or like focusing on what I'm seeing or how my body feels like getting more in tune with myself, sometimes putting the phone down a lot. The phone, I think, easily pulls us all back in, right? Whether it's like social media or work or things like that. So being present, I had a hard time, especially when the kids were little, like 
my kids are at a very fun ages now, so I feel like this is less a problem than it used to be. When they're really little, I had a hard time sometimes being present with them because I'm like, I do not want to feed you. I don't want to hold you all the time. I don't want to change their diapers. So being able to like feel their hair or how they smell or just slowing yourself down. Because again, like some of that probably for me was, you know, like my worth is in doing. So I would have to like unload the dishwasher or clean something up or anything to like avoid being present sometimes. So that slowing down really has helped me get into flow. And now I can honestly easily recognize when I'm not in flow. Like the other week, I just had a lot of stuff going on and I had to pick a bunch of stuff up for the kids' school because, of course, like right now is Halloween time and it's like a parent is just on the go during Halloween time. There's costumes, there's carving of pumpkins. And then so I had to pick a bunch of stuff up at like Target and things. And one way I think people cope with things is shopping. So it's very easy for me to like go back into those old patterns of like just getting on the Target app and like grabbing some extra stuff or since I'm there. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even recognize until I had to go get all this stuff for the kids school that this is being out of flow, just like being in this old pattern. But it is so easy to step back out of flow. But like I said, it is much more easy to recognize when I'm not in it now. Yeah, beautiful. And I want to pull up a few things that you said that really can um, get us in quickly because mm-hmm. it's so important that we recognize flow and not, and we're not always going to be in flow. That's not, in my belief, that's not humanly possible to be in flow all the time because we have a thousand things pulling us. And beautiful example, when you go shopping, most of the time when we go shopping, unless we have this leisurely afternoon and we're going in and we're using our five senses. So maybe we're touching the fabric or smelling the coffee that can get us back in flow. And when you said earlier about, you know, you didn't always want to change diapers or hold your kids. So important that we recognize you guys that that's what we all feel sometimes. Someone I was working with said, God, sometimes I just hate my teenager and I don't want to say that out loud because that means I'm a bad mom. No, it doesn't because every parent we know sometimes is like, this is a job I don't want right now. Beautiful. Be honest with ourselves. And what, what Crystal said, smelling the hair, touching the hair that got her back in the state of, okay, I do like my job. Doesn't mean we're going to like it all the time. But that's what gets us back in the flow, five senses. When we go outside and we use podcasts, now mine isn't included. You guys can listen to mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, um, truly, that's escapism. I know when I'm on my way to my office, sometimes I am listening to too many podcasts about, mm-hmm. I love astrology. And then I'm like, wow, wait a minute. Let's look at the cars around me. Let's look at the meridian. Let's, And now we're back in flow. Otherwise, we are churning, 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 learning, 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 listening, 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 but not listening in a place of peace, listening in a place of rapid fire. That's the difference. So we want to be able to, yes, listen to things that are educating us and then also listen to the trees. And that's different. That's putting us back in the flow. Why? Because our body goes, and now we can reset. 
And that reset with the breath gets our body more engaged with our soul. Which brings me to the next question. When you think back to your connection to spirit and the possibility of what life has in store because you're developing great careers and you're still young enough that who knows where where you're going to go, what's going to happen next. What do you feel like when you take your attachment to outcome and just put it away for a little bit and go, okay, I'm going to allow myself to be led by flow with whatever this situation is. And if you have any example, bring that up. Yeah, I think it's really hard because as an achievement-based person, you know, you structure sometimes your life, your work around outcomes, right? So it's like you want to hit these outcomes. So it's almost like paradoxical or this like weird idea to like just be in flow and then not be attached to the outcome. But I will say like, well, you... I mean, you help me really pull that out sometimes because one of the examples that I've had recently is it's really exciting because we're getting ready to possibly purchase a new building for both of the businesses. And I do think it's like a really, really exciting beginning. But at first, the people that we were working with, the opposing real estate people were like non-communicative. They'd be like a little bit passive aggressive. It'd be like super hard to communicate with them. So then I would try to do like childish things. So like, for example, I'd like submit like the rebuttal, like when you know they have to answer you, like within like a 24 hour period, like I was trying to control the situation because I wanted to control the outcome. Because I figured if I do this, then there would be less bids coming in or then, and Meg's like, um, you're like acting like a child right now. She didn't say it. She never says stuff like I make. I, I'm like, Meg, this is like how you sound in my head, but that's not how she said it. She's very kind. <laughs> okay. She would never say that. <laughs> but she's like, okay, that is like a child mentality is like trying to control the outcome. And an adult response <laughs> would be when you like slow down and you communicate properly, even though the other side's not communicating the way that you want And if this building is meant to be, this building will happen. And then when you slow down enough, it was like crazy because I would see signs all over. I'd be like, oh my gosh, like God is really present. Like I was working out and there was like a huge rainbow, but it was like, there was no reason for a rainbow, but it, I've like looked it up there. Some weird thing that can happen in the sky, but it's very rare, like some kind of dogma or something. And so there was like a huge rainbow the entire time, like the whole morning I had spent worrying about this building. Like, should I do this? Should I not? Is this my right move? Is this my next move? Like very worrisome. And then all of a sudden there's this huge rainbow. And then like the next week when we ran into like a little bit of problems, every time I was like, okay, maybe I should walk away. It would like pull me back in because I was seeing these huge signs. There'd be like, like weird, like stars that aren't normally there, like in the morning, or there'd be like a beautiful sunrise on the mornings that I was worrying about it. So if you trust enough in the process, the outcome I think can be 
better than your planned outcome. Like a lot of times we might lead ourselves into something that we shouldn't even be doing because there's been times, right, where you think about like, I really want this apartment or I want this house and you force it. And then there's issues or like, you know, relationships with friendships. Like I really want this friendship. And then that's not like reciprocal. And then you get tired, like it's tiresome because maybe it wasn't the right friendship for you. Um, so trusting, kind of trusting in the process and sometimes detaching from those outcomes, especially when they're not your outcomes as well. Like again, if you're following external things, it can be hard too to stay on your own path. Thank you. Beautiful example. And it's really true. And when we are allowing ourselves to let go of outcome, especially with somewhere like buying an office, Crystal still did her homework. We still, we don't just say, okay, I'm going to put my bid in and lolly take away. It's we do the action steps. Remember, we still have to take the action steps, but we don't keep pushing. Now, think back to when you were dating. You wouldn't keep reaching out to a guy or a woman who was not responding. Well, hopefully you wouldn't, but it's the same thing. That's how we work with the energy of the universe. We put the time in, we do the homework, we do the action steps, and then we step away. And that's the hardest thing to do when we really want that thing, is to step away and trust. All of us are faced with that throughout our lives, sometimes really often. And even when we do the soul work, because I've been doing my soul work for a long time, 30, 30 some years, and I'm still faced with that. So it's a lifelong journey and it does get easier, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. And that's where we, we have to connect with people that we trust. That, that was such a good example. So thank you. And I want you to, if you will, take that a little fur further, excuse me. I want to, if you will, have you take that a little bit further. So when you feel too attached to the outcome, what happens to your emotional health? What happens to your stress level? What happens to the tension in your body? For me, I feel like even though before I would never have identified with an anxious person, but I do feel like there's anxiety with it because again, I want to control the situation. For me, like my neck and shoulders get really tense and tight and it feels like there's like a lot riding on something. And then too, I feel like when somebody is used to like, it sounds very childish, but like getting what you want or you can, you work hard enough that most of the time you get the outcome that you want, it really is hard with your psyche because it feels like a check in the loss column, you know? So, so sometimes it's quite defeating to like attach to the outcome and if it didn't go your way, but then too, now learning that, you know, usually that's kind of the universe's way of protecting you. Whereas before, I probably really would have like got down on myself if things didn't work out and plenty of things don't work out that I I want to work out. Um, but like really attaching myself to that outcome is hard. Yeah. And it is, it is the hardest thing to unattach to an outcome when it's something we really want. And like you said, 
things can happen that would be better that you wouldn't even have recognized. And so it doesn't mean it's not hard. And when, like for instance, if you're going to buy a house and then you find out there's something wrong with the house, if you really want the house, you might not just walk away. You might then bring in some repair people and say, before I put an offer in, is this something that is fixable? So that's called doing our homework. And then we don't push and push and force. We back away if they're like, nope, that's probably not a good decision. Well, some people would just keep pushing anyway, and then they have that um, big pit, money pit, becomes a money pit, and, and nobody wants that. So that's the balance. And we learn the balance over time. Trial and error, trial and error. We learn it over time. We learn how to get in flow over time. We learn because we practice. We understand the difference between, like Crystal said, when she feels the stress versus when she feels the flow. So another question for you. How has, do you feel living in that concept of what I would say is faith or flow or even that concept of magic, which I love the word magic, how has that shifted your life? and your ability to wake up every day and do what you have to do? I think just trusting in the process, trusting, trusting that things are going to be okay. And just again, like grounding me back to me. Like I can stay in my own lane a lot easier than, than I used to be able to. Beautiful. Anything else you want to bring up that we haven't talked about? It's so interesting because I think like when I see patients, like I see a lot of people and I think we're all not alone on this journey of having issues or like having troubled relationships or trying to be controlling. I really think the more that we can empathize with the other side. So like lately, I've been really into the Enneagram, which is like a personality type test and astrology. And the more that I even know just about my patients, like the more that I, and it's not like every person fits in this little box because that's definitely not true. But you can see things through their side easier the more that we understand. So I really try to like do this in my professional relationships, like understanding people, because it's very hard for like me to understand somebody else's perspective. So the more I like know about the people that I care about, whether it's personally or professionally, like this has helped my marriage so much to empathize with my husband like and see things the way that he sees things. Um, we're definitely like different on the Enneagram scale. So I'm a seven. I'm like all about fun. I'm like a dog with its ear churned up. Like what? what's going to be going on next? Like, let me know if there's a good time over there because I'll run and wag my little tail to the good time. And he's more, he's a perfectionist. So he's a one. So he likes things a certain way. He like likes to get things done. You know, and we're shaped this way sometimes because like how we were raised or what our family dynamics looked like. So putting all these little pieces together have like helped us so much. And he doesn't even know because he doesn't do any of the work because before I used to be like, you need to go, you need to be the one to go. And really, like I changed a lot 
So he changed and we both benefited. Um, but I do it in work too. So I'm just like, you know, you guys should know what to do. Like use some common sense, gall dang it. Like you should know like the next steps to take. But listen, I, I'm like the leader of the crew sometime. And certain people like things written down a certain way. They don't like me coming and barking five different things because I'm like, want to go have fun somewhere else. I don't want to be telling you your to-do list. So like if I understand that with the employees, like I feel so much closer to all my employees. We've had a really stable crew for a long time now. And I do think some of it is just slowing down to understand them a little bit better. And I do it with my patients. Like I honestly like have this astrology book here. This is from my deceased mother-in-law's house, but I have this astrology book. So if I don't know a sign, we'll look it up and we'll read about it. But then too, that then so I have like certain patients that are my Aquariuses or my Tauruses and I know about their signs so I can like start to memorize it. But I would like really emphasize sometimes to like do your own work sometimes is understanding other people in the way that they tick. So really like the people that you care about, like slowing down enough to understand like their thought process. And again, you're never, ever going to fully understand, but there's just a different dynamic when you get them a little bit more. Absolutely. And I love astrology too. Helped me a lot. It's beautiful. And so if you're going to look at your own chart, look at sun, moon, and rising, not just the sun. That's the one in the paper, you guys. And also when you're talking about how you're relating to people and you're using empathy more, you're also not just talking and listening to their words. You're watching their body language. We read with our ears, yes, but we also can hear with our eyes. And that's so important to be watching who you're talking with and why because you can get so much more but also now you're really present now you're really present and so you've shifted into a even more beautiful healer wouldn't you say because you are looking at everything holistically yes and i will tell you like people don't heal unless you look at them holistically. It's like every little piece. I mean, it's a great business model just to work on the body and because they're going to need you over and over again. But if you really want to change people and if you guys want to change when you do work, you know, like seeing a physical therapist, seeing somebody that like works with energy, like it really is a total package. Seeing somebody that works with hormones holistically, the healthcare system's not going to do that for you. So Putting like your little people in place can be so helpful for wellness. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, this has been just such a pleasure because you know that I just adore you. And um, anything else you want to say? No, I just love it. Yeah. Well, please check out Crystal and her and her businesses because she's really very amazing and she's got some great people that work for her. Um, thank you so much for coming on today and I know that I'll see you soon. Have a beautiful day, everybody. And like Crystal said, I'd love it if you'd go back and listen to some of the other episodes because things don't always build on it, but in some way it does. 
So just be mindful of how you're connecting with your body this week, if you want to, and do some breathing as always. Get out and breathing. Breathe. <laughs> Got to breathe and, and be in compassion of self and others. Different than pity, compassion. Have a beautiful week and we will connect again next Wednesday. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being part of this audience and listening to my podcast. Sometime over the next few weeks, I would love to do a question and answer because I've had some comments come through and some people that had questions. So I'm opening that up to you. If you have a question for me, you can go to my YouTube channel and post the question there. Or you can also go to my email, which will be in the description below. And that is more of a private way to send me a question. I'd love to hear the questions that you have. And I will do my best to answer everyone. Thanks so much again for being here. And I look forward to being with you again next week.